All right, hey, we're live. everybody. I'm Ethan Zerka, and I'm here with Sakib, my business partner and, and good friend. And we have a great guest back with us today. It's going to be Henry from Epic. Um, Henry, this is your second time on our podcast, and so I'm really excited to have you again. I know there's a lot of really cool things that you're working on, and we're excited to share it with our audience. Well, it's exactly. great to be back. Uh, you know, thanks for having me on again. Definitely. And the salute was for uh, Bitcoin being over 10,000. So. Yeah, so we always salute when Bitcoin is over 10,000. When it's when it's over 20,000, I'm going to have to figure something else out. Maybe we'll stand up or something. <laughs> so, yeah, Henry, tell us uh, what's going on in your world. I I'm excited to uh, just go ahead and get to it. Well, there's lots going on. We've got some new products in development. The Sci Miner is finally in production. You know, oh, I yes. feel like we've I feel like we're back in the in the dark ages. We have to communicate with China to get the product up and running. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, communications is a major bottleneck, especially when it comes to hardware. Uh, oh. We get a board, they run a signal. Um, you know, they say, "I can't." This looks funny, and we say, uh, "Send it to us," or mm -hmm. "Do this," and then they kind of respond. Fifty emails changes later, they end up sending a board back to us and say, "We can't figure it out." So oh. the pandemic really had a lot of issues in terms of hardware bring up. Normally we'd be there on site and we could just be on the same bench, put the oscilloscope on, measure the sure. and say, I can do this. Uh, mm -hmm. But every every change takes close to a week because they send the board back, we debug it, wow. send the board back to them. And you know that's why I have to apologize to our customers for being late. But we're trying really hard. We're up every night uh, mm -hmm. trying, to, trying to figure it out. So it, it's because of the pandemic, I guess it's restricting travel and it's, uh, I can totally understand your frustration. Um, I, I still get calls to this day. A lot of people have computer problems and I used to have a computer repair business and you know they want me to fix their computer over the phone. But right. I mean, just it can't be said in, enough about how being in person and interacting with the, the electronics in person can give you so much more information um, than just somebody observing and saying, well, this is what I'm seeing it doing. You know, maybe they're not seeing something that you would see if you were there firsthand and be able to really diagnose um, what the issue is and, and move forward with it. So I totally understand your frustration. Yeah, it's um, interaction, right? So there's a lot of talk about work at home. Uh, we went through that early on when, you know, the pandemic first hit and we're working on our next generation chip, right? It was, it, we could get most of the work done, but you still can't get everything done until you're together. It's the group think and the real-time interaction that's missing. So, you know, from a hardware standpoint, it definitely needs to, we need to be together and we need to be interacting real-time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and so that, that is it also adding uh, more expense, I guess, because of the separation or is everybody kind of understanding and saying, you know, look, we're not gonna bill you for this extra time because you know, it's the pandemic and it's just how things are. No, business is business. We're being built, uh, right? And oh. Federal Express, you know, go buy some Federal Express stock. We're All right. so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. I'll, 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 uh, I'll write that down here. Let me <laughs> yeah. Especially with flights, uh, I think being down, uh, it's, you know, I've been sending DHL packages back and forth uh, and, and same thing. I think FedEx, DHL, they're getting a lot of business right now because of COVID. Yep. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, when I sent some things to you, Sakib, I, I sent them via DHL. And uh, yeah. I actually, at the same time, I sent two packages at the same time, one to India, one to Bangladesh. 
And uh, which one won? Did did we make a decision? Did Bangladesh beat India? It was it was, it was kind of a tie, yeah. but <laughs> it, it basically it took like you know three weeks uh, for everything yeah. to get. It arrived there in two days, right. but then right. three weeks after that, just for yeah. clearance customs or whatever the clearance. shenanigans, yeah, customs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So yeah, we so, we definitely know your your shipping was Henry. So Henry, tell us, uh, you know. Tell us ab- about what else you've got going on with your operation. And just for the audience, those who don't know, Henry, um, if you've ever you know, played a video game, yeah, <laughs> it, literally, if you've ever played a video game, um, I guarantee you, you are a fan of Henry's work. Henry has worked with um, pretty much all the major consoles in developing, you know, their their processors and their units Graphics. that that yeah. yeah that make them perform. Um, so, you know, if, if you've never heard of Henry and you're like, who is this guy? Now, you know, he's the guy that's responsible for your video games working. Yeah. Exactly. Our, our so Earl Meyer, CTO, helped build six generations of game consoles. So his last two products before he left AMD were for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Next, which are both shipping at the end of this year. Yes. Wow. Yes. And there's and a lot of people who are very excited about that. Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, I can't even get one in line. Like, right. Right. <laughs> Can't you get uh, you know an engineering sample or anything? Do you have any any ends for that? Uh, I have a FPGA working in one of the consoles, but we had to leave that or had to leave that behind. So we saw that before he left. Wow, <laughs> that is but, so cool. You know, the, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, you started working with I think it was what the ninety five hundred pros, right? The yeah. ATI, yeah, ATI 70, actually the eighty five hundreds. Even before that, we helped develop DirectX with Microsoft. So all the side scrollers when they first came out, they were all based on graphic accelerators. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, like, like I said, you guys uh, have been a fan of Henry's for a very long time. You just didn't know the name. The name exactly. of the person that you know all these luxuries and these these things that you enjoy in, in modern day technologies today henry was one of the founding fathers of that and uh, i just can't give him enough respect and credit for that um well, but the let's, fact that let's, he's now he's in he's in the blockchain industry yeah you know, and, and he's he's exciting. now come into the the mining world he's decided to uh you know to to take off the shirt and tie um, in, in corporate and enterprise console development. And he's decided to go into the mining development world and into blockchain industries. Um, what was the deciding factor for that, Henry? I, I, well, it's just, you know, the, so there's a couple of things, right? But there's, in most industries today in semiconductors, there's a closed ecosystem, right? You kind of know you're, you're boxed in the space and you can only provide so much innovation. Uh, we looked at blockchain and we said that the market is wide open for innovation because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what you're just trying to produce is the best hash power and the best efficiency. And, uh, you know, everything underneath that, the architecture, the system, the way it's been designed and the way we ship it is all open for innovation. So this is similar to the talk I had at uh, Mining Disrupt, which is yes. we believe that mining is going to undergo some major innovations. And mm-hmm. we believe that you know, blockchain will become, uh, need to be more efficient. We'll see different form factors such as blade servers. You'll see immersion come on. Um, you know, I've got a cool immersion demo I can show you in a sec. And, yeah. you know, we've got a whole bunch of other things, uh, you know, voltage innovation, 
form factor, the type of ASIC, and the type of processing. So all that is going to be like the PC days that we used to call the wild, wild west. Now today's technology and PC is really boring because it's all the same yeah. stuff over and over again. Yeah, it's it's all it's all kind of been figured out. And so okay. you you wanted to go from uh, an industry or a situation where you know it's it's just you know wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat, and go into a situation where um, you saw the original pioneers. You know they were onto something, but you know your years of expertise could just elevate it to an, another level, a next level uh, in, in terms of innovation. And uh, yeah, that totally makes sense. So um, what are your thoughts about, you know, the the current manufacturers and we won't name any names, but just speak in general terms, um, you know, give me a, give me an example of a mistake that they clearly made or, you know, something that they overlooked. Well, um, you know, let, let's let's look at mining in general, right? So mining mm -hmm. is what we would consider a mission critical application. You need to be up twenty four seven in order for, mm -hmm. you know, to be mm -hmm. viable as a commercial miner, right? Your product right. is reliable. Mm -hmm. So fundamentally, we don't, it, you know, we the industry doesn't go through that reliability testing or kind of, you know, the yeah quality assurance. Testing. Yeah. There's so, no quality. You know, we've been ingrained by when we're dealing with Apple and Dell and HP and others is there's a, you know, there's a flaw we end up paying for, right? We have to be down at their sites. We have to help them qualify the products. We look at the stats of the products and say, you know, total cost of ownership is this, reliability is this, you know, mm -hmm. heat failures, that type of thing. Um, so none of that is transparent in the business today. And you know we don't have a roadmap in the business to say here's how people work together in high density form factors, right? Mm -hmm. But these kind of shoe boxes don't, don't fit very well. Uh, you know we know the world is going to blades. Uh, you look at PC Server, they've all gone to blades, right? So mm -hmm. why hasn't the why hasn't the mining business gone that way? Mm -hmm. So there's a whole bunch of uh, parallel industry learnings we can apply to mining. Yeah, I, that that totally makes sense. And, you know, again, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, like, yeah, why haven't they gone to blades? Why haven't they they try to follow some of these other industry standards? And, um, you know, especially I've noticed with power, power supplies, mm -hmm. there's no standardization. Right. So the S9s had C13 connectors, the S17s and the right. S19s, they have two C13 connectors, but it's really two power supplies integrated and they're they're smartly balanced between each right. other. Um, then other manufacturers just went straight to a C19. And right. it's just like, especially in, in these times where it's tough to get new inventory from the manufacturers because of the drama and the things that's going on, yep. you know, people are considering changing out. Mm -hmm. But if they had a previous infrastructure, let's say that was ready for S9s, that was able to power S9s, they may have to completely overhaul and redesign their their power you know distribution infrastructure right. just to handle you know let's say what's minor miners you know and right. so this having this non standardization is costing people hundreds of thousands of, of dollars in yeah. in yeah. you know renovating these things and so yeah. yeah i'm really glad that you're kind of bringing a standard or you're bringing an industry standard or at least that's one of your goals i think that's that's fantastic Right. And it gives the power back to the customer too, right? You can provide infrastructure to say, here's what I need and here's what fits into my racking. I've seen far too many miners say, oh, I've got all these S19s coming in. I got to redo all my racks and mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. on and so forth. Yeah. Exactly. Right. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, the market, it, it's going to be uh, as, you know, like it's going to choose the most efficient method in, in the long run. So eventually, I think it's going to be going in that direction anyways. Well, I don't I don't think it's so much, you know, because here's the thing. You can promise efficiency, but what mm -hmm. if you don't take care of your customers? What if you don't have product availability? So, you know, it's one thing to make a, a promise, but that promise is only as solid as what it's backed by. And if it's not right. backed by a quality system that's there for the customer, that wants to take care of the customer and do right by the customer, it doesn't matter what you promise because that promise is just emptiness. It's just hot air. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, again, that's why I have so much respect for you, Henry. Henry, why don't you show our viewers just how nitty gritty you get into testing uh, you know, into testing your products because I, th I agree with you. I mean, this is um, something that needs to be brought into the industry, and uh, I, I think the more we can make our audience aware of it and mm -hmm. kind of you know make it part of their focus, the the more value you know you'll bring into the industry. Right. So, so. Let, let me show you a couple of things. Right. So this is a this is single piece heat sink. Right. Wow. This is our hashboard. And, uh, you know, the standard industry practice today would be to put an individual heat sink on. And mm -hmm. we yeah. all know what happens with individual heat sinks, right? They get loose they and then they go pink. Yeah. You see the S17s all fall yeah. apart. You know, 30% of them are dead because mm -hmm. of heat sink problems. Well, you think it'd be an easy thing to do, but the reason people don't do it is you got to worry about contact pressure, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, we're trying all these different types of thermal tape. We've got different torque specs. We're moving the screw holes around in order to make sure we make proper contact. You get a good even, and also right. the, the thickness of the heat sink itself, right? You don't want any bending or twisting or anything, right. so it has to be very solid. Yeah, so, you know, that's, it's the heat conductivity, you know, it costs us a little bit of performance because we don't run 100% full. We don't run as tight a contact as the individual heat sinks, but, you know, those are, uh, we think that at the end of reliability matters. I don't know if you can even see in here is, you know, we've got spacers in here to on the washers, it's mm -hmm. a little height here. Um, you know, here's another example: immersion cooling, right? People think, wow, you just take a, you just take something, you dip yeah, it. Yeah, just in throw it in the fluid. Yeah. <laughs> here's a prototype board for immersion cooling, right? So we got temperature sensors wow. in the chip, and we've got external sensors, and we're measuring each one. Um, you know, I got a, we got tanks outside that we use to. You know, vary the flow to see how things perform over the you know over time and right. you know, different uh, different heat areas, uh, and we're trying all kinds of different thermal you know thermal conductivity. You can see we're using different heat sinks here, the thinner ones. Uh huh. The heat sinks here. I don't. You can see that you know. Wow, well, those almost out. look like a comb. Yeah. 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 Th these are a lot finer, so they allow better better flow for fluids. So, you okay. know, all kinds of little things like that. And then, you know, I'll, should I show you my next generation board or, or should we go on to something else? No, no, let's see it. Let's see it. I love this stuff. Yeah. Okay. My next generation board. This is not the SIO board. This is another board. So we have okay. it back in our labs. And you look at this. It looks wow. like a three-letter word. Yeah. GPU. And it looks like it's using like a heat pipe technology. You think heat pipe yeah, technology? Um, you notice that it's got a PCIe slot mm -hmm. on it, mm -hmm. correct? Using heat pipe like a GPU. Um, in this case, we're not going to reinvent the wheel and do our own custom form factors. We're just going to reuse what's available on GPUs. 
Okay. And, uh, you know, this thing will run 300 watts because it's going to plug into a PC slot. And it's it's fanless too, right? Yeah. It'll be fanned and fanless. So we have an active and a passive version. Right. Wow. Right. So could you imagine walking into a, a big farm that's just silent? Like, really? You still need the fans. On you the still need yeah. to get rid of the heat some, somehow from the building, but it, it wouldn't right. it wouldn't be nearly as noisy as many of the farms well, that I've walked into. Correct, correct. Especially not like the, you know, like the stuff from uh, some of the manufacturers out there right now. Right. Yeah. And our goal here is to decentralize mining. So we want to bring mining back to the home, right? So for the hobbyist miners and the small miners, right. support the coin. You know, we realize the shoe boxes aren't the most aren't the most home friendly environment. So these are going to be 300 watts. They're going to fit in your PC or an open chassis, and and they'll be able to run off of residential power. Exactly. Okay. That yeah, that's a really big Excellent. thing. Uh, Excellent. That's awesome. So, uh, tell us about your Sia miner. Tell us about yeah, the SD two hundred. Well, we're as I said, we're finally in production. Uh huh. Nice. You know, the, we didn't have to make the trips back and forth to Asia. It did cost us a month because you know we we have to be locked up fourteen days in quarantine before we can go to the factory, and then we have to be locked up fourteen days coming before back. you can go back. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, we've got all these wafers. Basically, we have all the chips packaged. They're waiting in production. We have the boards built. Uh, it, we're doing the final testing and burn-in. Uh, because it's our first batch, we want to try and make sure that they go through a more robust testing. Mm -hmm. uh, we're basically building them in batches of 25, doing extra burn-in, and then measuring all the signals and whatnot, and then basically piping back and extended testing. So when, when can customers expect the delivery of the first... Uh or well, let me put it yeah the the, the first yeah. batch of, of your They're leaving the factory so um, this is not strictly up to me so they should be leaving the factory at the end of next week and then okay. go to so they'll go from Zhenzhen to hong kong and then however many days it takes for the freight forwarder to pick them up and ship them okay all right so would it be reasonable to say mid-september uh mid-september should be the date okay right? depends on depends on flights we have all the parts. I can show you the bills. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, um, another thing that's very frustrating in the industry is, um, you know, we have a, a very similar situation with another manufacturer and it's, you know, they've got everything locally, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's just going on because of the pandemic, going on through that that chain of command or, or you know, where it has to go from place to place to place to finally get here. Right. That's where we're finding a lot of difficulties and hangups. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And demand's high because Siacoin price is going to the moon. I was going to say yes, that Siacoin uh, has really uh, done well, uh, really good recently. And uh, I think as how, soon as how much get... is it? How much is it up from our last podcast? Can you tell I, us? I believe Steve? it's 50%. Uh, um, yeah, I think we were at 35 last time on our podcast. If I remember correctly, it's a full mm -hmm. right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So that's a sig significantly more earnings per day. Oh yeah. And uh coin is or Siacoin, I don't <laughs> It depends oh. on how you want to say it. Um Siacoin is is one of those coins that it, it has a utility behind it. It has a purpose exactly. behind it. Um beyond just being a coin and being something that you can mine and and you know something of value. And um you know, I'm so grateful to you Henry for supporting that utility. 
and, right. and getting behind that. And, and like you said, just making mining something that everybody can do, you know, yeah. not just, you know, the, the big money people and, you know, the enterprise level and, you know, industrial scale level of mining that uh, I've been seeing in these, you know, coming up in these past couple of years, but just kind of making it something that everybody can do. Right. Um, and in that thread, yeah, you know, recently is is the hobbyist miner has has been uh, left with less and less options. And now we're, you know, basically someone like me, you know, who's basically a hobbyist miner, I would, uh, it, it's very difficult for me to go into any any of the big coins, and I have to go for um, a lot of speculative coins. And right. so, you know, if you're bringing that uh, back, uh, the hobbyist mining set, uh, is really going to thank you for that. Yeah, and I think, you know, Sidecoins is a really special case because, you know, although our miner isn't really designed for the hobbyist, it's got the whole grassroots following, right? The mm -hmm. right. decentralized storage, uh, you know, costs on side storage is very inexpensive compared to other, you know, other mechanisms. I think it's... The, the net cost of storage there is like uh, $1.5, uh, $1.50 per terabyte, right? Per right. Month. You compare that to, you know, to Google or Dropbox, your order magnitude's higher than that. Yes. Correct. And then, you know, I think it's a coin that's definitely going to grow. That's why we chose to support it. Yeah. You know, you look at SciStream, you know, they got the Plex server running. That's going to be the, yeah. you know, hobbyist self-storage. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you won't have to pay the outrageous fees to other people. You can host on it. Um, you know, what they're doing with Skynet in terms of, you know, free file storage for decentralization. And mm -hmm. so you've got the security, you've got the low cost, and you've got a very scalable infrastructure. Um, you know, my, my plug for SIA is if you have, if you have free storage, sign up for SIA storage. You can basically put your storage on there, learn how it works, and, uh, you know, add more hard drives or buy some miners. Yeah, and, and the best part is it's on the blockchain, you know, so it's mm -hmm. never going to be, uh, it can't be edited, it can't be destroyed, you know, it's always going to be there. So. It's always secure, right? You've mm -hmm. got six copies on the blockchain. Exactly. And uh, we, we've kind of had a, a another coin, um, Orchid, um, yeah. which also has a utility to it, it has a, a VPN utility to it. And, and we've seen a huge rise in Orchid recently. And so I expect these coins that have a, a utility, a, a purpose beyond just being, you know, a, a sense of value, I expect them to, to rise. Henry, obviously, um, Saya is not the only thing you're working on. Can, right. can you give our audience a, a little, uh, just, just a little gleam yeah. into, you know, the future, you know, what's going on behind the curtain? Didn't I just right. show this? Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I got a I got a PCIe card coming. Mm -hmm. uh, watch for this in late this year, early next year. A release of this is not under my control. It's up to the coin. So, okay. Um, you know, expect this to be in consumer pricing levels, and uh, you know, look for you guys at CM CMT will have it available for sale. Yes, sure. we will. Third partner. Uh, what else can I tell you about it? I think you'll make a bunch of money on this initially. We're going to uh -huh. have the same business practices, which is we're going to publish how many we're going to sell. And so, okay. um, you know, you can be guaranteed that, that you know, you'll recognize what the profit is. 
that is that is you know fascinating and i think that's kind of been um the the failure in previous ventures the manufacturers would just churn out as many miners as they possibly could um uh, nobody nobody knew you know you could look at you know the overall hash rate and you could kind mm -hmm. of guess but nobody knew exactly how many were coming out and this would cause a, a panic and then people would would exit they would cash out and then, then right. inevitably it would cause a price crash um and then because of the price crash and then everybody's like oh well this was just a you know mm -hmm. this was a shit coin and this was never you know um so your strategy behind that is is kind of very controlled manufacturer to keep an equilibrium that's going good. yeah uh, and yeah that's absolutely i think that's a game changer in itself that's absolutely amazing well hopefully other hopefully other manufacturers stick by that too so i'm only part of the puzzle so i'm hoping i'm going to set a good example and other manufacturers will follow right the in mining we typically see this we see this uh marginal revenue equals marginal costs which mm -hmm. is you know, people keep buying, buying, and then basically everyone's driven to un, to unprofitability. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now it hurts. It hurts putting a cap on sales because you know obviously if there's excess demand, then we lose mm -hmm. profits. Yeah. yeah. Scott and I have a saying though in the industry, and that is a high tide floats all boats. And if you're willing, you know, to make the right sacrifices at the right time it ultimately strengthens and makes a better environment where everybody can win instead of just greed and a, and a free for all. We have a, a guest here. Um, what is it? Kay Soze? Yeah, I'm guessing Kaiser Soze. Uh, can you ask if the PCIe card Henry is hinting at is an FPGA or an ASIC? <laughs> here's wow. where here's where he's going to get very mysterious. Uh, no, I, I'm going to be very transparent about this which is, I make money on ASICs, right? Our team designs ASICs. Mm -hmm. um, Intel makes money on FPGAs and Xilinx makes money on FPGAs. So okay. answer number one, you can probably guess is this is an ASIC. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then uh, answer number two is for me to hit consumer pricing, I can't do a hash core F FPGA. You know, FPGAs cost, you know, 10, 10, 20, 30 times more than the equivalent ASIC. Yes, yes, they they are definitely more expensive, and and it's kind of uh, I've seen it like a hit and miss, mm -hmm. you know. I've seen a lot of FPGAs come out, um, and if you get the right coin at the right time, right, uh, mm -hmm. you can be very profitable with it. But um, you know, many times by the time they actually receive their board, it you know that 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 window is already gone, and like then they kind of struggle right. to figure out what they can do with. It. Well, I mean, FPGAs are priced at a premium because it's a it's a small application, right? So it's mm -hmm. designed to be programmable. So it's a stage to get to a point. You look, you remember, you know, if you look back in the older days, um, you know, it went from from CPUs to GPUs to FPGAs and then yeah. to ASICs. So it's a transmitter point. The whole benefit of an FPGA is to give you the transition. It really is mm -hmm. not designed for a crypto. It's been designed as a program, as a programmable part, you know, more for telecommunications or, you know, automotive or other type of applications which need that flexibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And that's why and, ASICs can be more efficient and more powerful than, uh, than FPGAs. Yeah. Correct. And, you know, we're running a latest, you look at it, we're running the latest and greatest process. So, 
You know, we're going to run at higher speeds. We don't have all the excess logic that you need for networking or, you know, that kind of programmability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're just just to confirm here, Case uh, Jose is asking the wattage. The wattage you said is going to be around 300 watts. That's correct. Okay. okay. So 300 yeah, watts. Go ahead. No, I, I was just confirming 300 watts. Yeah. Yeah, we're basically going to run it to the max of the system. So, you know, PCIe spec calls for 300. Awesome. So someone will be able to just plug this into their computer, I guess, you know, if they have a good power supply. That's correct. You can even do it with a mediocre power supply if you just put one one or two in there. Oh, nice. wow. That's, that's fantastic. And... Uh, can you give us an idea, like a timeline? Any any kind of? Uh, I believe I said it earlier. Late Q four, early Q one. Okay. But it's not up to me, right? It's up to the blockchain. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and that's what's really interesting that you know you're actually taking that feedback from the blockchain. Um, I know that uh, you know there's been um, a lot of blockchains that have uh, uh, that that don't support you know ASICs, and it, it's good that you're working with them to kind of release this, you know, to make it more decentralized. Yeah. Well, the part is still prototype. So, you know, we're just getting a board, we're getting the board thermals and everything running. We're waiting for the ASIC to come back. So that's the, right. the where do you see things a year from now? Can you give us uh, any predictions? <sighs> there are, I think that you'll, you'll continue to see more contraction in the, in the mining business. You know, there's a lot okay. of people going for five nanometer. And what will happen is that it's going to draw the cash reserves of a lot of companies, right? If you look at seven nanometers, an example, you know, people mm -hmm. were burning, were burning close to $20 million on one bring up. And, uh, you know, we saw Bitmain go through three versions of it. 15 will cost even more. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, you're, you're going to be too, people are going to be too close to the cutting edge, which is the early stage of technology. You know, the whole, mm -hmm cell libraries and characteristics of ASIC aren't fully determined, which is why the risk is always in the beginning of the process. Right. And, but in order to stay in the lead, you have to do that for the kind of very hashing intensive products like the Bitcoin products. Um, you know, I said you, you don't, you don't see that as, as a possibility for a collapse, very similar to what's happening here is where, you know, it's like Icarus, it flew too high to the sun and, you know, now with some turmoil, uh, a pandemic and things like that, it's it's almost like a, a death blow um, to some of these manufacturers because um, they, they've spent all this money into the cutting, cutting, bleeding edge. They haven't quite perfected it. They haven't gotten it perfected. And so now they're kind of delivering uh, B grade, C grade, D grade products and defective products. They're losing uh, consumer confidence uh, in droves. Right. And, uh, it, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, creating this, this snowball effect where um, you have a, a tremendous opportunity to come in and fill a void or exactly. to begin to kind of rebuild from the ashes of, of these collapses or these failures. That's correct. Now, the, you know, the, the five nanometer will cause people's, cause people to run out of cash, right? If you have to make three spins at, call it, you know, call each spin $30 million, $25, 30000000 million. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, there's a lot of money to be thrown away. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. It's a lot of money to be throwing away. And especially when you've delivered a batch of products that has has lost consumer confidence. And on right. top of that, nobody knows when you'll be able to deliver your, your next batch of promise products. And you're already months late and apologizing to customers. So right. um, yeah, I, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for manufacturers. For those, I, I, I know, you know, Henry, you're probably one of the most prominent you know, people in the manufacturing, the electronics manufacturing industry. Um, but for those of you out there who are in the electronics manufacturing industry and, you know, are tired of what, what Henry said, you know, just doing the wash, rinse and repeat, everything's figured out. And now it's just, you know, follow, you know, the instructions to get to the end of the, um, uh, of the chip design. If you want to do something new, reach out to Henry, contact Henry, yeah. Uh, if you're an engineer, if you know, if you're a qualified engineer, reach out to Henry and and see if he can, you know, get you into a new field, a new industry where you can really go and shake things up. You can change things. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, Henry, I, I, again, I just wanted to thank you again for being on our podcast and and being yeah. our podcast guest. You're you're always such a wealth of knowledge, and it's it's so rare in our industry for us as the consumers to actually get to meet and like even shake hands. And one day we will meet face to face and I'll shake your hand uh, when the whole pandemic's gone. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, we'll do uh, you know, with, with somebody who's, who's actually, you know, building things that we're utilizing to, you know, provide a future for ourselves to, you yeah. know, give us a, you know, a generational wealth. Um, and that's that's amazing. I, I don't think there's. I can't think of any other industry where you can actually do something like that. No, um, and I would pick blockchain as an industry, right? There's so there's so much innovation available, and uh, exactly. you know this isn't the end of crypto. Isn't the end of the road for us here. Our goal right. at the end of the day is to put out a BPU, a blockchain processing unit, which will you know power all the servers and backend. That you see today, uh, you know, you're running, you're running your transactions that run Visa, right? Mm -hmm. And you got so many people at touch points at the end of the day trying to duplicate the whole, trying to build trust in the system that isn't trusted. You know, we're mm -hmm. really excited about blockchain because it is truly trusted and uh, it would be very efficient. So the goal here is to go from today's maybe you know, 10 to 100 transactions per second on Bitcoin and some of the other blockchains to, mm -hmm. you know, 50, 60,000 transactions per second. Yeah, right. Like Visa can do like 30,000 a second. Right. right. And, and much more than that. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we'll, you know, we'll be at a point where it, that, you know, Visa's transaction speed won't be anything compared to what, you know, we can and yeah. in the blockchain. Yeah. So now, you want to buy your Ferrari when right. you guys all have money in mining, you want to go buy that Ferrari, you can buy it on your credit card. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you, you mentioned the blockchain processing unit in our previous podcast. Uh, can you give us any updates on that? How far along is it? Is, uh, do, do you have any working prototypes or no, is no, it... this is, this is going to be uh, 2023 and beyond. Uh, okay. So what you see today is that everything we're building kind of net, Kind of all fits together like a Lego block, right? So I've okay. got my I got my knock my network on chip that we plug forth into. So that's going to go into our blockchain. We've got some cool memory technologies that we patented and you know are starting to develop. You might have seen heard about a Grin product we're running at uh, you know sixty terabytes per second, which is a hundred times faster than what GPUs are running. So there's all that's, kinds of little yeah. pieces that we're bolting together. That and, is really awesome. 
And we're using crypto as the way to prove the technology in little blocks rather than to wait until the end of the day where you got to build this massive chip with all this functionality that isn't proven. So okay. Development yeah. strategy. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. That's really cool. All right. and, and that's what I really like about, you know, um, Henry, what you're bringing to the table uh, is uh, you have, especially with the miners that you're coming out, you know, you're really providing value to the people that are buying it because you have a set number of how many that you're going to manufacture. And that really brings value to the person that's buying that equipment, you know. So. Yeah, and I, hopefully that and, you know, the increase in hash rate and efficiency is important too. I think every coin that we choose, you know, has some strong value attached to it. And that's what we're trying to do. We're doing the crawl walk run, right? So the, the next, you know, the next product's a bigger proof of work. Uh, product, it'll be a top 10 in terms of a the reward. So, you know, I see. Yeah, baby steps. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Well, uh, you know, thank you again, Henry, for, for being on our show. And again, out to our guests, uh, Henry has some new products that he's going to be releasing to the market. If you're interested in those products, please reach out to Saqib, Scott, or myself um, yes. and, and ask us about it. We'll be happy to, uh, you know, Again, within the rules and within the guidelines, you know, get get you guys uh, the, the gear that you want from Henry. Yeah, and you're in your game, right? I I am so yeah. I <laughs> no worries, no worries about any secret slipping from my lips. Uh -huh. All right, okay. thanks a lot, guys. Well, it's Thank a pleasure you. to be here. Everyone, right. yeah. All right, take care, guys.